Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Breakfast Brief on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. I'm Elliot Danker. Time to take a look at some of the headlines that investors will be paying attention to. And it looks like the talk has been around companies warning of cutting back in terms of hiring as well as growth plans. And you can't help but wonder what are the wider implications where the economy is concerned. Well, on the line to talk about that, plus uh, the potential for broadened cryptocurrency regulations that's making the front page of the Business Times. On the line with me this morning is Manpreet Gill, head of FICC Investment Strategy at Standard Chartered Private Bank. Good morning, Manpreet. Hi, good morning. Thanks a lot for helping me out with this. I suppose let's start off with, you know, looking at the earnings season and all the results that are coming in. We also got news the likes of Apple have one of cutting back on hiring and growth plans. Other companies are doing the same. Manpreet, what are the implications for investors with this sort of a dampen outlook? Well, I think for investors, the key is to, you know, gauge just how these sort of announcements, you know, stack up versus what might already be in the price. And I think it's important to look at that from two angles itself. I think one is we know that, you know, that these, these you know, announcements ultimately feed into earnings expectations, but equity markets usually tend to lead that. It's, you know, arguably already priced in, you know, a reduction in earnings expectations to some degree. And I think some of the warning signs we get obviously feed into that. But I think more broadly, you know, rather than focus just on, you know, some of the, the hiring or, or sentiment decisions, I think what's really key is, you know, what signals we get from companies as we go through this earnings season on the impact you know, from inflation, from margins, from wage pressures. I think that's really going to be the key because Q2, of course, is just one quarter. But I think markets are quite interested in what the impact is likely to be as we go through the full year uh, of 2022. So those are the sort of the the key milestones, I think, that we'd be keeping an eye on. A little bit less worried about a marginal reduction in expectations because, like I said, equity is most probably pricing that in to an extent. Mm, and, you know, if since you mentioned the rest of the year playing out, a lot of talk has been if we're going to see a recession, it would be later this year or early next year. I want to talk about rising recession worries, Manpreet, and where oil falls into the picture. I mean, the fall in oil and other co- commodities, are you expecting this to extend? You talk about looking for signals. I mean, take, for example, uh, the Nord Stream 1 yesterday seemed to have a little bit of activity because there were some pressure tests going on. There are some sources saying that maybe the pipeline will open as expected, but at a lesser capacity. What are your thoughts on all of this news coming out? Well, I think the Nord Stream one is is exactly the one pipeline that every investor is watching over the next couple of days. But I think it really feeds into the point about what's different about the oil market today, because I think you're right that when if you took a purely macroeconomic sort of view of the world, a, a traditional cycle, I mean, rising recession risks would mean expectation of lower demand and hence lower oil prices. We've seen that play out in, in most recessions historically. I think the worry today is that supply is unusually tight and you know geopolitical risk mean that supply could get an awful lot tighter. Because I, I think when we look at sort of other sources of output, right, it's not just about the risk from you know the, the Ukraine war, uh, but even OPEC plus, I mean production capacity, there isn't a, a huge amount of spare capacity and there isn't a signal that we're going to get, you know, huge amount of more production. And if we do see, you know, big source of demand like China, you know, continue to, to recover economically. Uh, that leaves a pretty tight oil market. So I, I think eventually when we get through some of these risks, uh, you know, you'd expect oil prices to move lower at some point uh, if a recession does take hold. But at the moment, we're actually still quite constructive in oil prices just because the market's tight and there are too many risks that could push prices higher, not lower. 
Okay. I'm on the line this morning with Manpreet Gill, who is head of FICC Investment Strategy at Standard Chartered Private Bank. Manpreet, an interesting piece on the front page of the Business Times this morning. Monetary Authority of Singapore looking for views on regulating cryptocurrency to protect consumers. It's an interesting picture, cryptocurrency. On the one hand, it hasn't actually fared very well, yet there is the anticipation that more players could come into the picture. What are your thoughts on these steps to sort of, I guess, the word regulate comes into play? This should be good news, right? Well, yes, I take good news, but I, I suppose it depends on what form the regulation okay. take. I, I think you know one of the factors we've discussed a lot in the past is that when it comes to the outlook for the crypto industry, for cryptocurrencies, actually regulation may be the single most important thing. Mm-hmm. Because already when you look around the world, that is one determinant of price. I mean, at one extreme, there are a few countries which ban it, which make the effective price zero. Uh, but I think you know we've seen quite a bit of snowballing of efforts, not just in Singapore, but in key sort of regulated environments to say, look, maybe this is now an area that, that does need more regulation, more investor protection. But I think it's good and bad. Uh, I think good is it'll give far more clarity on the rules of the road. And I guess, you know, within that, you know, how to gauge where the equilibrium prices uh, for many cryptocurrencies may end up. But I think it's also something as investors would need to watch quite carefully because, you know, it may end up being the single most important factor determining, you know, what that price level is and, you know, what the equilibrium level is ultimately, whether it's for one cryptocurrency or for the industry as a whole. So we'll be watching it quite keenly, not just in Singapore, but actually in some of the larger jurisdictions as well. How much of a a balancing act is this? Because when you talk about these regulations right there, I mean, it's the priority to protect the consumer, but also this is coming on the back of a series of business failures. That balancing act, I mean, in your opinion, where do you think or, or how hard do you think that is in terms of prioritizing? Well, I think that will be a little bit difficult to gauge just because of the divergence of opinions out there yeah, uh, amongst yeah. regulators, right? I think, yeah. you know, I can find you, like I said, a country ban it outright, <laughs> which means the equilibrium price is zero, uh, and some, you know, jurisdictions which are quite happy to let the current environment continue. But I think if I look at maybe the regulations uh, centers like Singapore and the U.S., I think consumer protection is clearly one big factor. I mean, you know, business failures uh, can be a function of obviously the kind of market and liquidity environment we're in, but, you know, the inevitably comparisons are made with sort of the regulations and and environment that, you know, stock markets or security Mm -hmm. listings form under. And of course, there's a debate on whether, you know, cryptos, you know, are securities or or more macro assets. So I think that sort of will be one sort of guidepost. But like I said, I think we will end up with some divergence as we go along this journey. It's not going to be just one step. I think we'll see a series of steps. But I think it's good in the sense that we might find be able to, you know, put a slightly tighter handle on where that price should be. Hopefully it'll help the volatility. And you're talking about series of steps. Here's a place that has a lot of steps to take. Sri Lanka. Uh, the new parliament said to vote for a new president today. I suppose to start us off, uh, your opinion of the situation and, you know, even with a new president in place, uh, it voted correctly, etc., etc., the kind of problems they have to solve. I mean, as an investor, I'm looking at an emerging market. What should my mindset be here? Well, I, I think Sri Lanka clearly faces a very difficult and unfortunate situation. Um, but I, I think if you sort of step back and look at it through a macroeconomic lens, I mean, the challenge is ultimately one of foreign currency funding. A lot of debt, obviously, in yeah. denominated foreign currency yeah. uh, and an inability to, to pay that. So I, I think you go back in history, there are several playbooks. We had sort of emerging market currency crisis, for example, in Latin America through the 80s, other parts of the world through the 1990s. So, you know, some of those could provide some guidance on where we go from here. I, I think the key of course, is how domestic domestic political situation evolves from here because from a market point of view, I think the question would be how soon do we go from here Mm. to deal 
for example, with the IMF or other creditors, uh, that ultimately restarts the flow of you know foreign exchange reserves and the ability to repay for uh, you know start paying for imports. I think that's obviously going to be the next you know key event. And of course, you know, it's been closely watched by EM investors because there is the inevitable question of whether there are other markets that could face similar stresses. So I think that, you know, is a series of steps from here. I think for investors, the key is to obviously be careful about one's emerging market exposure. I mean, it's an asset class which is very well diversified. So we're quite happy with it as a core holding. But I think it's obviously not the time to pick the riskiest and highest yielding ones. I think, you know, making sure that any approach to exposure that's well diversified is really the key learning out of this. Okay, well, thank you so much for your insight this morning. Been speaking with Manpreet Gill, head of FICC Investment Strategy at Standard Chartered Private Bank. Manpreet, appreciate your time. Take care. Have a great day. Yeah. Thanks very much. You too. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.